Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the three. We need that crap. <laughs> Welcome back to the three of seven podcast. We're glad to be back with you today. We uh, thank you for tuning in, Jay. What, what Jay was just commenting live on YouTube, right? Blake Jay is ready to rock and roll with some good conversation today, and by gosh, it's going to be a good one. Because we have back on the show your favorite host of the 307 podcast, Miss Brooke Wright. Welcome this morning, Brooke. Thank you for being here, uh, taking the time out of your day to come and pour into people all around the world. And uh, hopefully we're going to provide something today, Jay, that's going to help you in your day-to-day life, all right? Usually when you introduce people, you give them a second to say something. Oh. Like you're like, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. And then you pause and let them say something. I Well, I actually want to talk to you here in just a minute about um, why you go and do what you do for the animal shelter. Can I say something really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Chili, do you find it as cringe as I do when he tries to be funny? Like him trying to wear that hat right now because he thinks it's funny. And it's <laughs> it's making me like really uptight and uncomfortable. <laughs> Look, y'all, y'all got to give. It's accomplishing its goal then. Y'all don't beat him up too much. He's mustered up a whole day's <laughs> worth of energy to provide that intro right there, that high <laughs> high speed tempo in- we entry. Have, uh, okay, we Something's have. Something's wrong with him. We've also got your second favorite host of the show on today. Judging based off of last week's podcast, uh, Mr. Chili right here, or Trilly as we know him. Uh, Chili interviewed me last week and People really loved that episode, man. I think they got a lot out of those questions. I saw people sharing it all over Instagram, which we appreciate you guys sharing the episode. That helps a lot. We don't pay to advertise for this episode or for this podcast. So the only way it grows is if you guys tune in and share it with people that you think might get something out of it. So welcome back, Trilly. And then we we also have our tech guy who's off camera back here running the computer. He's going to be monitoring you guys' comments. If he sees a good question or something come through, he usually takes a note, and um, we'll get around to those toward the end of the show. A couple of housekeeping things. By the way, today's episode, the two things that I personally want to discuss is, one, playing off the last video that we just released on the YouTube channel Uh, Many of your comments were talking about uh, the difference between a law and a rule, and I want to talk about that, just uh, how we differentiate the the difference between a law and a rule as it revolves around the conversation on the last video that came out yesterday on YouTube. And then I, I want to talk a little bit about burnout. You guys watching on YouTube, let me know, have you ever felt burned out before? Y'all, let me know, tech guy. Have you ever felt burned out, like, at your job? Have you ever felt, like, gotten burned out just as a husband or a wife? Or um, have you ever felt burned out in your faith? Uh, Has anybody ever felt burned out before? Nobody's really well, holy said crap. anything, but there's a little bit of lag in what in the well, time you I'm going to go this. ahead and tell you if y'all have never yeah, felt like they have okay. Yep, if you, here if they you, go. If you've never felt like you're burned <laughs> out before, then you're probably not pushing hard enough. All right, because I get in places all the time in my own personal life and faith and business and and family and all kinds of stuff where I just feel slap freaking burned out, man. And I do what I love, like I do what I'm called to do, and I still get in situations where I just feel burned out on it. 
So we're going to ask a few questions around that. What do you do when you feel burned out? What are your options? Should you take time off? Um, all that stuff. So you guys be thinking about that stuff. Well, of course, Chili never gets burned out. He's some freaking machine. Biscuit, I know you feel this sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You said Chili doesn't push hard enough to get burned out. Well, that is true. He doesn't even work out hard enough to get to generate muscle soreness. <laughs> so... Um, it's hard to get burned out when you don't put out hard enough to even make your muscles sore after a workout. So that's what the, the conversation is going to be about. A little housekeeping. Patreon. Guys, if you're not over on Patreon, I want you to know next month I'm going to go out on the range with my tech guy and we're going to film a series for Patreon only. And that series is basically going to be, we're going to go step by step through what I teach what we teach our students out on the range, all right? So we we have people come and train with us. We're very specific about who comes and trains with us, but we, we have a pretty solid course of instruction going through all aspects of um, weapon safety, how to generate a med plan, the fundamentals of marksmanship, uh, and then all aspects of shooting a pistol um, from multiple different positions and uh, engaging multiple targets and trigger press and all that we're going to film a series for you guys on patreon for that so if you're not on patreon and you like learning how to shoot guns better i promise you you're going to like this series that we're going to be putting out we'll attach a link to patreon in the show notes of this video or episode right here so we'd love to have you over there. Other things that we do, I have a whole nother show on Patreon called the Nuff Said Podcast where we talk about current events most of the time. And uh, also we do a live call three Sundays a month called Resurrected, which is a whole lot of fun and um, a lot of cool stuff happening over there. So we would appreciate you joining if you feel led to. If not, at a minimum, share the show with somebody you think will get something out of it. Last piece of housekeeping. As you guys know, we have a hydration partner here at 307 Project, and they are bringing this episode to you today. Uh, partnering with us on this specific episode is Hoist. We've been using Hoist for quite a while now. It is a uh, awesome hydration product right here. It is made in America, battlefield-tested, warfighter-approved. I can tell you uh, the first time I ever saw Hoist was at a NEX on the Navy base there in Virginia Beach, Little Creek, where I was stationed. And so... Um, I actually used hoist during our 24-hour treadmill race. That was where I really got to put it to the test, and it worked really, really well for me. It has everything you need in it to keep you going, even more so, much more so than just plain old water. We've got calcium in here, potassium, magnesium. We've got a little bit of calories, and um, it's just a great hydration supplement. No preservatives in hoist. Uh, you can actually, if you open one of these bottles up and you allow air to get into the bottle and you let it sit for a couple of weeks, it'll actually start to mold because there's no preservatives in here. Also, it's made with real cane sugar as sweetener, no high fructose corn syrup, just all the way around. It's good, good stuff. And even to put icing on the cake, there are awesome people that run this company. So even behind the product, there are good people that we know uh, and we work with in our partnership. Support the companies that support this podcast because um, we vetted them on our end. And I think it's also important to support these companies because uh, if you stand for similar values, morals, principles, things that we stand for, which I assume you do if you're watching or listening to the show, 
uh, we want to support companies that are in alignment with uh, the way we like to live our lives. And Hoist is one of those. So thank you, Hoist. Check them out. Drinkhoist.com. Good stuff. All right. There's our housekeeping. Check. You just got back from the animal shelter, huh, Boo Boo? Yeah, I did. How'd it go? It went really good. No mean dogs? No. No, everybody was friendly. You know, that's a huge sacrifice that you make. And uh, you are really, really passionate about helping people. Like, you are a servant above all else. And I think it's absolutely amazing that you take time. You take time out of your life, and then you take your specific skill, which is photography, which you are the best photographer I know. Maybe I'm biased. I'm sure maybe. I don't know. You're but a little biased. You do really good photographs. And um, you take time out of your day and you use your skill to go and do this for completely free. And I just think it's amazing. And why, why do you do that? Like, why are you so passionate about serving others? Because that's something that I really struggle with as you know. Has that always been just part of who you are? I think so. Yeah. And I've ha- I've had thought a lot on different gifts and I've wondered cuz I'll get frustrated with you because like you said you none like your main gifts are not serving and compassion and giving. Those are not you have other gifts that I don't have. And I've gotten frustrated with you before because you don't do those things. So I've grappled with like, does God, is it okay? Does God give us certain gifts and not expect us to like, because the Bible says to give to others and be generous. And like, if that's not one of your innate gifts, are you okay to slide by with your other gifts? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I got off on a tangent. I didn't answer your question. I, I think, I think I do it. Because I, I just want to. Do you get something out of it? Is it rewarding to you? Like, does it make you feel better or does it drain you? Or Today it drained me. I could tell when you walked in. I felt like you were a little bit yeah. drained. Yeah, today it drained me. But if, like, when I'm around those dogs, if I can think, like, okay, there's a chance that this cute picture can get them adopted, mm-hmm. I can I can suck it up, you know? You know, I think another, I think a big obstacle to putting yourself in a position where you are able to serve others with your gifts and talents and pour into others uh, with no expectation of monetary return or anything like that. I guess I don't even know if it's an obstacle, but it's an excuse that people use and that I even use. It's how do you find, how do you find opportunities to serve others? Like, how do you put yourself in that position? Like, how did you get started with, being able to go down to the animal shelter and takes, and do this job. It takes effort. You yeah, have, you so have how to make that effort work? to be willing to give to others. Um, I started reaching out to all of the local shelters about a year after we moved here and just said, hey, I'm a photographer. This is my portfolio. Here's my website. Um, I would like to volunteer my time. And like nobody but one person responded. And it was like I had to follow up multiple times to be able to serve so and that I think that can discourage you and I've experienced that with 
some of the other nonprofits in our area, like you, people think to go serve or to go volunteer, you're going to walk up to the door of insert here, like Salvation Army. I'm not, I'm just hypothetical example. And they're going to open the door and be like, oh, thank God you're here. Mm. We need you to do all that. Like we have all these things and it's like, they're a business. Like they have certain things that need to get done and they have timelines and they have stuff going on. Like if you want to be like helpful, you need to do the work up front to find out where you're needed. And like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people do that with serving. Like they just wake up on a Tuesday and they're like, man, I'm really feeling generous today. I want to go volunteer somewhere. And that's great. Um, but it's not as helpful for the organization as if you become a part of it and you become a regular contributor. I've well, let me let me say something here. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this, and you mentioned feelings. And a lot of people ask me, how do you feel? And I hear people in the coffee shop talking about their feelings. And you're talking about people that feel like they want to go do something today and volunteer. And I was watching Chosen the other night. And the scene was when Jesus was sending out the disciples two by two in all directions. And he tells them, I'm going to give you power to heal people, to cast out demons, and the whole list that he says. And one of the disciples says, uh, well, Jesus, I must have missed that ceremony. When are you giving us that power? And he says, this is it. And the disciple says, well, I don't feel any different. And he says, I don't need you to feel different to do great things. Ooh. And I thought, man, that's pretty good because everybody's so consumed about their feelings and not wanting to do what they know they should do mm-hmm. if they don't feel a certain way. You, d- you do things on the basis of truth and knowing that's what you should do, not based off of what you feel like you should do that day. If you know it's right to give, then when you don't feel like giving, you go give. If you know it's right to serve somebody, then you go serve that person when you don't feel like you should feel like you want to do it. And so that just stuck out to me. I've been thinking about that a lot this week. And when you were saying, but basically, people want to serve when they when you know they feel like doing it and they feel, this would make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And we pay too much attention to our feelings and try to base what's right off of that and not what is actually truth. Yeah. And can I say something like exactly to Blake's point is I like with the shelter, I schedule it two weeks out. And this morning I, like you noted, like I, I feel kind of drained. I felt drained the last few days and this morning it was drizzling and I was like, Ooh, I could get out of this. And I actually even sent the coordinator of the shelter a message and was like, Hey, the, the wet drizzle, like, I don't know if it's good for camera equipment. And like I inserted a little, out that I had mm-hmm. and I was like I'll let you know closer to time and like it was fine I just didn't feel like going mm-hmm. you know and like you said it's so dumb it's like that's I committed and they can use me and I didn't have I had that time spot open and I was gonna not go just because I didn't feel like it like the, how honorable is that you know so so listen up all you guys on YouTube Listen up, all right? <laughs> if, if y'all just tuned out or whatever, y'all, y'all listen up because here here we're getting Why at... Why would they tune out? Here, here we're getting at a very root cause of many of you guys and girls that can't seem to get in the position that you want to get in, that can't seem to to get in the job or the career that you want to be in that can't seem to have the business or the brand that you want to have 
you guys are stuck, and, and here we're getting to the root cause, all right? I, I want to just tell a story real quick, and I'm going to get to this, to all you guys, how this applies to you, not just in serving, but in all aspects of your life, your career, your fulfillment, all these things, right? Biscuit said earlier, uh, you, 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 it takes effort even to serve. All right, with you, you're not going there to be paid, even to serve. I saw Biscuit one time. We had a by, by the way, Biscuit is Brooke, my wife. All right, we had a big flood up here in the town just north of us not long ago, and we I went with Brooke up to this town that had been flooded out to serve the people of the town. And in a church parking lot, there were all these supplies, water, cleaning supplies, all this crap set up to give away to people who had lost power and their houses all wrecked and everything. We pull up, right? And Biscuit just walks up in the mix and just figures out what she needs to do. Like, doesn't ask anybody, just finds a hole and fills it. Like, okay, there's nobody handing water out here. I'm going to step in here and hand water out. No, she didn't go to the freaking coordinator and say, what do you guys need me to do, right? Because here, here's half the reason y'all do that in the first place. Most people just want to be told what to do because that's easy. All right, here's another reason y'all do that. Here's another reason you, you want to be told what to do. You want to go and ask someone what you can be doing because then when they tell you what you need what what they need you to do it makes you feel freaking special for filling that need right no man you're not special go feel the go see look with your dang eyes god gave you eyes look at the battlefield look at the situation see where you can be of service and just go and fill that spot but you want to feel special so you want to go ask them, what do, what do you guys need? That way when they tell you, you can feel special about it, right? Oh, I'm feeling a need. No, man, just do it. All right? And don't care if anybody sees that you're doing it. That's key. All right? Now let's get down, get back to the root cause for all you guys in that, that want to be doing something different, that want a brand, that want a business, that want a different job and all this crap, all right? So now we're going beyond service. How do we create a situation in our life where we're doing the things that we want to do, that we desire to do, that we're passionate about? How do we get in those situations? Well, much like service, you have to find a need that needs to be filled within the genre of what it is that you want to do, and you got to step in, and you got to start giving away your knowledge, your skills, your expertise, maybe even your freaking product for free. You got to start. You, 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 that's the only way it starts. You, if you're not where you want to be and you know where you want to go, you better freaking get through your mind right now that the first little bit and possibly the first bunch of bit, possibly the first few years, you're going to have to Give of your time, your skills, your effort, your knowledge. You're going to have to give all of that stuff away for free in order to establish yourself as the expert 
in order to even pe- you, you, people have to see you as someone who has a resource, a product, a skill, something that they need. They have to see, they have to want that from you and they have to see you as the expert before they're actually going to spend money buying whatever it is that you have to offer. So don't think that you can just jump in doing what it is that you want to do and start making tons of money and crushing it right off the bat. If you want to have the best, look, one of the best, what, if I didn't do 307 Project, I would have a landscaping company. That's what I would do. Y'all know y'all can make millions, millions of dollars landscaping. Millions. Millions of dollars <laughs> with a grass cutting business. You know what I would do if I wanted a grass cutting business? I would get, I would have a YouTube channel or a podcast or something, and I would talk to people about how to cut their grass as best as they, I would talk, I would give well, them. I wouldn't do that. Dude, I'd tell them how you were going to cut their grass. No, you want, look, you have to establish yourself as the expert, all right? I'm not talking about you just a little part-time fireman that has a grass cutting business. I'm hey, talking hey, about hey. if you want to make millions of dollars cutting grass, you need to establish yourself as the expert in the freaking grass cutting and landscaping before people are going to come to you and pay you to do it. All right, because even though you're teaching them, most of the people you're teaching aren't going to go out and perform that task on their own. They just want to learn something, right? They've got an issue. They want to learn something. Oh, this guy's the expert. Then they're going to come and hire you to do it. There's things that you have to do that aren't going... There's things that you're going to have to do that aren't going to generate revenue right off the bat, but in the long term, it's absolutely necessary for you to crush it or for you to be in the position that you want to be in. So I just want to clear that up for y'all. Man, wouldn't we be so successful at everything, though, if we could remove the feelings like you're talking about, Blake? Like if you could genuinely do that. Like what you're saying, Boo, like being successful in a business, like obsessions with food. Like, I mean, there's so many things I can think of that would be so much easier if let, I could separate from my feelings about it. Let you me know? give yeah, let me give y'all an example. When we started 307 Project a couple of years ago, nobody knew who the crap I was or Blake was or Chili was or any of us. Nobody that no nobody had a reason to come and listen to this podcast. Nobody had a reason to come and train with me or my team. Nobody had a reason to buy a 307 Project t-shirt. Nobody freaking cared, man. Well, the whole first two years of 307 Project, guess what? Guess what we did? Every single opportunity that we had, we took the opportunity. Look, I have, the first two years of 307 Project, I flew all over the country doing podcast interviews and sharing my entire life worth of lessons with people for free. And guess what? Every one of those trips we made, I paid for that out of my own pocket. It cost me money to start this. It cost us a lot of money to start this. Do you think that I wanted to do that? How do you think I felt about that? 
Do you, do you think that I wanted to fly across the country to California and do a uh, do an episode with Rich Roll, who I have nothing in common with other than running? I didn't want to. I didn't feel like doing that. I seized every single opportunity that came down the pipe for free, and it actually cost me money to get to the point that I am now. Okay. I put out podcasts for, me and Blake put out podcasts for a year, two years straight that would get 60 downloads. We just kept doing it. It cost us money. It's the only way it works. Get it through your dang head, man. Quit being a freaking turd. Quit thinking that you're entitled to jumping into some to some space that you you deserve to be paid right off the bat. Chili knows this. All right. <laughs> Chili, I want you to address real quick um this conversation between a law and a rule because it, I'm I'm confused about it because the last video that we posted I was talking about the the current thing with the uh, close quarters battle rifles and the braces and the butt stalks. And I referenced it many times as a law, many times as a rule. And that's probably because I'm confused. And probably the reason I'm confused is because that's the purpose. Is the powers that be are trying to create confusion. So I'm confused, Okay. Because here's the thing, I understand a law is goes through the proper channels and is passed, right, by a legislative body, and I'm going to have Chile address this in just a second, and then a rule is just something different, apparently, but the thing I'm confused about is if you break the rule, it bears the same consequence as breaking a law. You become a criminal. So how do I, what the crap, man, I'm freaking confused about this. Look, all I'll say is this, the reaction to this has been primarily emotional and severely lacking in any logic or reason. And I won't go into a tangent, but I have come to the determination through my short life on this planet that logic and reason and the ability to apply those things to situations, events, is not... A, an ability that everybody possesses. At one point in my life, I think I thought everybody, for the most part, was capable of applying logic and reason to things. They literally, I, I've noticed that they can't. And I'm not saying that I can and I'm great at it or whatever, but I'm just saying if you want to take a step back and look at this objectively, there's many, the conversation surrounding this makes very little sense to me. First, people are hung up on this th these definitions and Chad addressed it on what is a rifle what is a pistol and they're changing language and things well not a lot of people do any sort of investigation on whatever they're going to say and there's something called 27 CFR section 478.11 look it up that is where the ATF CFR stands for code of federal regulations the ATF defines rifle in 27 CFR 478 section 478.11 
that's where they define rifle, okay? And that's what this whole thing centers around, all right? Whether that's a short barrel rifle or not, they've went back and forth, all right? They added language in the past months, in the past two months, that that set the criteria of what a rifle is. They added something at the end that it's lawyer speak. Not a lot of people understand it. It's very ambiguous, ambiguous um, and undefinable. It basically just means they can say whatever they want is a rifle or not a rifle. That's, that's what the point of the language is. It's anyway. So what Chad's referring to the ATF is not Congress, right? The United States has a bicameral Congress. We have, uh, we have the house of representatives, and the Senate, all right? That's the legislative branch of the government. That's where laws are made and passed, all right? Eventually to be passed. So the ATF is not that. So they can't make laws. And everyone keeps pointing that out, saying, oh, don't worry about it. This isn't a law. Let me get something through your head. It doesn't matter if it is a law or not. They're treating it as if it's one. Your government, the one who is in charge of all this, who will put you in jail for whatever they deem necessary, is who is recognizing this as a law, essentially. That's what's happening. Because a lot of people, they, it's the same trope about, well, this isn't the Constitution. What about the Second Amendment? All oh, the Second... I'm sorry. The Second Amendment ain't going to protect you. They've thrown the Constitution out the window. So if you're using that as what you're going to fall back on to protect you, it's supposed to. I get it. I'm with you. But it don't. Because if that mattered, this wouldn't be proposed by the ATF, period. That wouldn't have even happened in the first place. So quit saying that. What, like The problem is that the Constitution doesn't matter anymore, and we don't go by that. We don't go by the rules of the government. Everyone says, well, America, man, checks and balances. You can continue to think that the United States is a republic, if you would like to, because it says it is on paper, the United States is an oligarchy, okay? Uh, point blank. It's what, an oligarchy. What does that mean, Chili? Uh, look it up. I ain't got time to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> the, it's an oligarchy, okay? We have oligarchs just like in Russia. You talk about the Russian oligarchs that they seized all their yachts and everything. That's who runs America as well. We can get into that on a later podcast. Anywho, the Constitution, yeah, it's supposed to matter. The, the next point that, that people need to quit saying is, hey, man, all this stuff, it ain't going to stop the good guys from getting guns. It's just, you know, uh, criminals don't obey laws. Hey, man, that's true. If you've said that out there, good job. You're, that's correct. Guess why that doesn't matter? They're not trying to stop criminals. All right? You're using that argument based on the idea that you have in your head that they are trying to to do something that they're not trying to do. You're saying that because you're saying, hey, these people, the ATF, they're trying to stop mass shootings because that's what they claim they're trying to do, right? They always use these terms. They're not trying to. They're trying to make you a criminal. It's the same thing that we've talked about every time we talk about politics. People want to say they're dumb, 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 and they're stupid, they're stupid, and your politicians and the other government actors don't act logically. They do act logically. They act logically for the goal that they're trying to achieve. The reason it doesn't look logical to you is because you think they're trying to act in your best interest because that's what they say they're doing. They're not. They're not stupid. Go ahead and think Nancy Pelosi and all these people are stupid. They ain't. That's how they got where they're at. They ain't that stupid. There's different forms of intelligence, but trust me, she's pretty smart in how to get power. 
because she got it. Yeah. She's not stupid. And she's not acting, and, and her and all the other ones are not acting illogically when they do things like this. The whole point, as many did point out, good job, is incremental steps to ultimately achieve the goal that they're trying to do, which is to take away everybody's guns and make you a criminal. And that's why this step is done. It's a, it's a stress test. Mm. This made everybody freak out and get emotional. That's what they wanted. Made everybody d- divisive and talk about the ATF's new pistol brace ruling. Well, there you go. It achieved what they did. It's a stress test. It made everybody freak out. But guess what? You and everybody else, I'm talking to myself too, is going to forget about it in a few months. Yeah. Remember the PayPal scandal a few months ago everybody got whipped up about? Oh, yeah. That language was taken, uh, was leaked (laughs) into their thing. Guess what? That language, everybody forgot about that. That's still in their terms of service. It was before that thing got leaked. Go read the terms of service. Nobody reads it. Nobody reads terms of service. Nobody reads codes of federal regulations. Nobody reads laws. Nobody knows what the ATF even is or freaking does. But they want to ramble on about the situation and they can't apply any critical thinking to what is actually happening or look beyond the surface level and see what is the actual intent here. If you keep thinking that the intent of these people is what they say it is, you're going to keep being confused and having a take on the issue that doesn't make any sense and is illogical in yourself. That's the point in that. So if you don't like what I said about the Constitution being pretty much out the window, I'm not saying that's what I want. That's, that's the reality. And so once you realize that, you'll be able to understand things through a clear lens. And this ruling won't freak you out, won't make you emotional. You'll realize what's happening. Yes, they're trying to take your guns. That's just the reality. That's what they're trying to do. And no, it's not good. But you can understand things better that way. So it's very, I've always, it's very impressive how, how they move things. It's very slow. Very, very slow. It's so slow, we can't even handle it. Yeah, that's, why we, that's why we relinquish it, because they play the long game way better than citizens do. Yeah, and by the long game, we're not talking about years. We're talking about generations. Generations. Yeah. That's all I got to say. And, and, and what Chile's saying about the Constitution, the Constitution of the United States is a document but in order a document that requires action on the behalf of the citizens whom the constitution protects right so when i join the military part of your oath is to protect and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies of the constitution foreign and domestic so you can have a document. The, if the document must be protected, the, the contents of the document must be protected and defended by the people whom the document applies to. The document in and of itself is just words on a freaking piece of paper. You, under, you, you guys get that. Words on a piece of paper don't protect you. All right? Protect and defend implies action on your behalf. It's the only way it works. And if you guys don't know, Chile is a literal genius. You got to quit saying that. Well, you are. He's a literal genius. Never seen anybody like him before in my life. Well, that's not true, but... <laughs> anyway. Okay. I hope that clear did, did that clear things up for the viewers, Blake. 
Oh, it's certainly got them going. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll hear from y'all at the at toward the end of the podcast. I'll, I'll get I'll get Blake to chime in with any good stuff that you guys had to say. Um, I want to go in real quick, not real quick. I want to go in, spend the next few minutes talking about um, burnout, burnout, getting burnt out on stuff, man. Because I think it's an applicable conversation for. Many of us listening, watching, sitting here in front of the microphone who are who are pushing, uh, trying to improve, trying to grow in any aspect of your life, whether that's your your relationship with Christ, your professional life, or your personal life. All right, so this is gonna I mean we're, we can talk about this in the context of, of any of those three fitness, um, personal life, business, or spiritual burnout. And I, I like to think, well, I have known people in my life who never get burned out because their present moment is just, uh, their future is just a reflection of their present. In other words, they, they've given up on any idea of anything about their situation becoming better. They've, so if you give up on that and you just say, hey, I'm going to go here, do this thing. I'm going to come home mm. and drink beer and, and be fat and, not, you know. <laughs> Eat th- Bojangles. Th- then, yeah, you're not going to get burned out. Okay? But if that's you, you probably don't even need to be watching this show. Right? If you've just if you've just accepted that, you're 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 in the wrong place. All right. I've been burned out all, all the time, man. I get this way, right? I think when you reach a place where you are getting burned out on what it is you're doing, I think it's a good time to um in some cases consider what what are your other options? What are, if you just keep getting burned out on the, and I could see, I see this happening a lot specifically in people's professional life, their choice of career or business. I think if you're burned out doing what you're doing for a living, you should consider what are your other options. All right. And, uh, it's a good time to consider that, right? Many times, as I consider what my other options are, let's say I get burned out professionally here at 307 Project, and I, I'm just, man, the, the op tempo is super high. We're running mission after mission after speaking engagement. after We've got all this work to do. We're traveling a lot, and I get burned out, and I say, well, daggone. What am I, I'm doing what I love to do, but I'm getting burned out doing it. What are my other options? And I think about what my other options are, and guess what happens? It readjusts my perspective. When I I have the best life in the world. Any of y'all want to dispute that? You can go ahead and dispute it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I have more, not just materially, but I have more joy, fulfillment, hope. I have more of the good stuff in my life now 
than I believe any other human on earth has. Now, again, maybe I'm biased, but um, but I still get burned out. And I start looking, when I get burned out, what are my other options? I could go start a landscaping company. Well, dang, what's that going to look like? All right, I could, go, I could go across the road and get a job at the, um, the little state park across the road. You know, that wouldn't be near as stressful. Well, how's that going to look after about a year, right? Okay, what happens when I start looking at other options professionally, options outside of what I'm currently doing now, what I'm passionate about, what I love to do, what I'm called to do, it shifts my freaking perspective. And it makes me realize that the grass ain't always greener. When you're feeling burned out, you look around you and you can start to think, the grass is always greener in other places and you could be somewhere else and you're not going to get burned out. But when you really consider what that life would look like if you made that switch, you come to the realization that, no, nah, man, that's not true. And it gives you a better perspective on what it is you're doing in the moment. Now, if you're not doing what you're passionate about, if you're not doing what you've been called to do, if you're not applying your skills and your gifts in a place, in a way that that fulfills you, then you may look at your other options and you may come to the determination that, yeah, I do need to make a freaking change, all right? Instead of just living in this space for year after year after year being completely burned out because, oh man, the reality is, what I'm doing ain't what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm staying here because I'm freaking lazy. I'm staying here because I'm afraid of changing something. All right? So, the question I want to ask, well, Biscuit, Chili, yeah. I want, or, and Blake, I want you guys to give anything you want to add right now, and then I'm going to ask you all a question. I want to know what are some indicators for you that you're burned out like and how do you differentiate that from like other things in your life okay professionally uh indicators for me oh no i want to know about our relationship like like at home like your home life like oh. how do you <laughs> i never get burned out on you boo boo that's what you said it in the beginning how well, you handle that that that's not me though i mean i never get burned out on that was you. just for other people as an example <laughs> <laughs> um no i guess indicators for me that I, that relationally in, in my in my home life that i'm that i'm getting burned out is is definitely like a lack of communication with you just kind of shutting off, uh, you know, being cognizant of like how I how I'm postured towards you. Like, am I mad at you about something or or whatever? How am I treating you? Am I rubbing your feet at night and <laughs> laying with you in bed before we go to sleep? Like, he's so full. All of that crap. stuff, right? Um, I'm gonna be sick, you know. <laughs> and a, a lot of a lot of the reasons that you get burned out in a in a marriage you get burned out at home being a husband or a wife is because you stop doing those things and then you start posturing yourself just naturally differently toward your spouse right and then so the way to overcome that is to literally sometimes force yourself to do those those 
ser- those servant things, uh, whatever your spouse likes, whatever fills them up, force yourself to start doing those things and you'll find yourself reconnecting with that person like you did in the very beginning, right? So that's that's what I would say in the context of that. So so burnout for you, you, you didn't give like specifics. You just kind of said like you're monitoring your behavior and your posture. Like but I, I experienced the most burnout in my personal life professionally. Okay, well, let's yeah. use that example. What does that look like for you? What that looks like for me is getting in in modes or, or in seasons where I don't have, there is no available time to do things that personally fill me up. That's when I get most burnt, burned out professionally. But the question I'm asking is, what are the symptoms? Like, what, oh, get, what happens to you where you're like, oh, crap, I'm getting burned out? I get, I well, one, I get in a bad mood. I don't want to be around people. That's like um, all the time. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do the tasks that need to get done. Everything seems freaking really laborious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I get angry. All right, when I get burned out, that's one of my big responses is just getting angry, right? So, you know, I'd say that's that's three probably symptoms that and and a lot of that's caused because look, you you in your professional life like it it's okay to be really busy, but you also have to do things apart from your professional life that fill you back up, right? So for me, hunting is one of those activities. Has nothing to do with my professional life, but it's something that fills me back up, that kind of re regenerates me when I'm feeling super burned out, right? And when I don't make time to do things like that, like hunting, um, maybe it's just, maybe it's going on a long run, uh, Maybe it's this bike race that I'm doing next month, this mountain bike race. If I don't make time to do those things, that's when I get burnt out. It really is. And, and, maybe, and maybe, it's, maybe it's not even that I don't make time to do those things. Maybe it's that we just stack the freaking schedule up so, so tight that there is just no time to do those things, right? So, which leads me into my next question. Um... When you're when you're feeling that way, should you take time off? Should you take time off? No. Hmm. I think this. Go ahead, Jilly. I wasn't gonna say anything. I just said, hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> this burnout <laughs> sounds awfully lot an awfully lot about like feelings almost. I, that was what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. Don't you and, think? and yeah, I mean, when you get burned out, there are things that make you feel that way and i would say some of those things are what do you work for if you're working for money and you're not making as much as you think you should make then you're going to get burned out because you're not earning enough money if you're working for impacting people's lives and you're not seeing that result you you will begin to get burned out because you think that your work is in vain and if you don't have if you lose sight of your vision for the company, for your marriage. I think that's where 
marriage burnout could come from. That like, what is the vision for our marriage? Where's this thing going? Why are we even married together? What, what, where are we moving together? What are we accomplishing? And if you lose sight of that, then what's the point of being married if you're not doing anything together? If you're not achieving something together, and so that could cause burnout in marriage and business for us. I the currency that I work for are the messages of people's marriages healed, people's relationship with God restored, their lives. Literally, they say they were going to commit suicide last week, and they heard somebody say something at Three Seven Project, and now they're not going to. And those are the uh, eternal impacts. That's what I work for. If those were to stop coming in, and I I will still feel I don't want to do half the things that I do, but I do them because I know that in the long term. It's better for for everybody. I don't. You think I want to come in here and get on the computer for three or four hours a day and do YouTube stuff and QuickBooks and emails and contracts and all of this? No, I don't want to do that. It doesn't fill me up. But what I the fulfillment I get is the vision for Three of Seven Project and for what we do. And so I think even the Bible talks about this, where there's no vision, the people perish. Right. So they perish you could say is burnout they get burnt out because they don't know where they're going they're just spinning their tires and then and for what reason i think that's a key point blake yeah i think that's a key point what what is what is causing you to feel just freaking i'm done with this crap it's could can be and in a lot of cases is you have lost sight of the vision for what it is that you are doing in 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 our case especially because I, I that applies to me too. A lot of times I lose sight of what it is exactly that we're trying to accomplish and maybe I focus on some other aspect and that'll cause me to freaking get overwhelmed and, and not see any purpose in what it is we're doing. And you can become selfish with it and you can say, hey, I'm putting all this work in for these other people and I'm going to speak and I'm investing in all. Well, what about me? Yeah. You can get that way. I mean, we can get that way. Yeah, I think I think all that's of a key us. Point. And then, then you've created a, almost a victim mentality, victim mindset, mm, a, good, of like a pity party. And you say, "Well, what about me? I don't ever get to do these things that I want to do. I'm not doing all this stuff. For everybody else, what about me? Yeah. Well, it's not about you. Life is not about you. Yeah. It's not. It, you, your life is not your own. Life is not about you. And so, I think that burnout can be oftentimes selfish. You're feeling burned out because you're having a pity party and you're being selfish because there's something that you want to do. And and these things aren't that bad. They're not bad to want to go do things that you like to do, but they shouldn't cause you to do what is, stop doing what is right so that you can do the things that you feel like you should be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So there's a, I mean, like you, I think what you're saying is there's a healthy way to do things that you want to do. And that's by... By being smart and making the time, yeah. carving out the time for those things without it detracting from what you are supposed to be doing with yeah. that fits the vision that you have. And feelings in themselves are not bad things. You know, I, I've talked about feelings on here and kind of crapped on them, but they they kind of you know they are what distinguish you a lot of times from everybody else. But but you can't let them make your decisions for you. Right. So you have to make decisions based off of truth, not off of how you feel that day, because then you'll be like a reed blowing in the wind. I uh, It's really funny we're talking about this because I showed up 
to walk with my friends this morning and I use my friends. They're, they're just wonderful at letting me just externally process things. In the last few days I've felt like my heart rate's kind of been high. I haven't been sleeping as well. I've just felt really anxious and just not good. And I was like, my friend said, well, what do you think? Do you have any guesses what it is? And I was like, you know, I don't. And then I said, well, I have one guess. And I told her, I was like, work lately. Like I have all these projects going on and all these things that are like three quarters of the way finished. And I'm waiting on Fred, Billy and Joan to do their part so I can complete them. And nothing's getting completed. And I'm on like a streak of probably like two and a half months or so, three months where nothing has been completed. And as I was telling my friend this, I felt like my, I just felt almost like panic attack-ish. And I was like, oh crap, that is what's, that is part of what's been making me feel like that. And I think you can consider that burnout. But her and I had a conversation of like, okay, you're feeling that way. What what could you do better? And like we got into some solutions of like, well, I could communicate with my my staff and my teammates and my leadership better. And I could like there was I don't want to go into like super detail, but we I, I came up with I think four different things that I could do to possibly help ease that stress and ease the burnout. Yeah. And it was like, because the re- reality is, like you said, Boo, I love my job. I don't want another job. Um, the the frequency of my job and, and the intensity of it, I don't have the option to turn that off right now. I can't just be like, hey, guys, I'm burned out. I got to take less jobs. I got to take, you know, I need to, like, that's not an option. So for me, I think today coming to the conclusion that I just need to communicate differently and I just need to. I don't know. I just, I just think that like sometimes you're burned out, but especially people with in marriage and and kids, it's like sometimes you don't get to have a buffer and like go in the woods and hunt for 24 hours to reset or something. You've got to like work with what you got. Well, you know, you might, I think, I think that what I'm hearing from the point that you made is if you're feeling, if you're feeling overwhelmed and that's causing you to just feel freaking burned out on whatever it is you're doing, that might be because of, something you're doing right you can change some things you can build in some better communication some better teamwork some better uh procedures some better things so that you can start checking things off your list right right but if you get stuck in like what you and blake were talking about that if you get stuck in that pity party victim mentality yeah you're never gonna you, well, uh, yeah a victim never a victim or someone having a pity party is never gonna look at themselves and say what is it that I can change about right. my tactics, techniques, or procedures so that I can right. take some of this load off of me right now and get to a better place, right, where I'm not feeling overwhelmed? You can't convince me that 95% of people who would say they are burned out with their jobs professionally don't have things that they can do to fix it, like, intrinsically, like boundaries you know setting boundaries with when is the work day over when am I going to accept calls when am I going to respond to emails like little stuff like that like I think there's a lot of people struggling with this that like 
need to turn around and look at themselves and be like, okay, like what, what can I change? You know? Yeah. No, that's good stuff. Yeah. Most of it comes from, I think just your mindset, because even for me, it, a tendency for me is if something pops up, just go do it. It doesn't matter Same. what time of day, doesn't matter where yeah. I'm at, what I'm doing. And you know, I could say I'm not going to do that, but then I would just think about it longer. Same. Then if I just went and did it and marked it off, I would just, now maybe you could make the argument that if I did that long enough, it would eventually ingrain into my mind that once I say no, no. But if I said no to something, I would just be like, gosh, I got to make a note and that's something else I got to do tomorrow. But if I do it now, then I don't have to do it tomorrow. And so a lot of it just falls back on the mind, your mindset and the way you think about things. And people are wired differently for, for like, you know, Chad could do that. He could say, oh, yeah, crap on it. We'll work on my Toyota today. That's his go-to. Who gives a crap that gets done or not? But I'm I'm the other way, and and so you know a lot of it just falls back to how you tick. Well, I I want to ask you a question, Blake. So you you talked earlier. You made that key point about having having a a larger purpose or a bigger vision to kind of refocus your perspective on that. Well, what about what did you do back? Let's say when you worked for uh, that erosion control company before we started three seven project, when you're 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 in a career, you're doing a job, where I mean, what is the vision? Like, was there a vision there? Like, like, what what do you do? Say say you're say you're just doing a job that simply the only reason that you're doing the job is because it is something that you can do to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. What did you do to to keep going, man? Because I I look yeah. at people, and especially in the in the construction industry, if you are not an integral part of that company, you know, performing some executive level job, and and your income is directly impacted by the success of the company. Mm-hmm. If you're just an employee, I mean, what did you do, man? Yeah, well, for a while, I you know, you start something new, and the learning of the job distracts you long enough that, you know, that's not an issue. But once you get it down, you begin to see that, at least me, I'm not money-driven, so that, you know, they could offer me more money, and it didn't matter. And so then you begin to experience, like, well, what is the point of this? And then so uh, a little while in, I just began to make it more people-focused. I just – I was responsible for a lot of relationships, both internally and externally. And so I just began to, uh, I started doing a like twice a week Bible study at the Chick-fil-A for the guys there at our office. And, you know, the beginning there was like two or three people that would show up and then it began to grow. And, you know, we had, sometimes we'd have 10 or 15 people there, just managers within the company that would come sit down and I would just share a quick Bible lesson. And so for me, that, is what that's what fulfilled my job at that company I, because that's what I, I wanted to do what we're doing here at 3 of 7 all along I didn't know that but I wanted to help people and have an eternal impact on their life and I, so I just thought well how can I do that here and I thought well this is really the perfect spot because these people if you're in construction I'm, you know you probably know but those people need it I don't know about the most but maybe more construction workers need it than uh, any other type of trade or job. And so I thought, well, gosh, I'm in contact with, literally, I have 200 phone calls a day, 
And that's phone calls, not even face-to-face interactions. And I have a perfect opportunity with all these people. So I just began to focus on the people and trying to have an internal impact on their life versus just focusing on the job that I was at. So you can fulfill your purpose in life regardless of what Mm. task you're performing, whatever job you're working. And so it's just a matter of getting creative and being able to figure out how to do that within your job. And I truly think that God will reward that. You know, I, I mean... I could make the argument that I might have stayed at TC for much longer time had I not figured that out. Like, why is he going to give me this grand opportunity of working at 3 of 7 Project and doing this for a living when I don't even do it where I have a grand opportunity just because Mm -hmm. life sucks a little bit? Like, you know, you got to wake up super early, you're gone all day. There's a lot of things that sucked about that job, but it was perfect for what I needed to be doing, you know? So, so, so you, what, that's awesome because what I hear, what I'm hearing is you can't always depend on someone else, your boss. You, you can't depend on on the leader to always cast the vision for you, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to cast a vision for yourself, right, and then focus on accomplishing that. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't depend on anyone else to set the vision for your life at all. It doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. You have to know what I mean, what it is that you want to do, and you got to figure out how to go do it. And you do that within the confines of whatever your day to day life is. So if it's giving, if it's serving, then you do that in whatever that environment looks like in your day to day life. So you have everybody has their own specific vision, and then there's a bigger vision, you know, that you're working toward. But what what fulfills you every day and fills you up, that that's on you. If you're burned out, it's your own fault. I like that. Physically, what do you do when you're burned out physically, Chili? I you take time off? I wouldn't know nothing about that. You lie. <laughs> you're the best person for that question. You take time off? I don't know nothing about that, man. You yeah, blew I, up your whole system. I reckon so. Chili blew his engine up. Yeah. I reckon if you got physically burnt out. There's only one way out of it. Quit digging. Here's my recommendation for you guys that are that are burned out physically. You're tired. You, your body feels tired. You're tired of working out. You're just feeling beat up. I actually recommended this to Biscuit last night. I didn't feel beat up or tired of well, working out. You're, say you're overtrained, right? So for those of you guys who train regularly, you probably have a routine of when you train, all right? So you have a daily routine and you fit that block of your life, your physical training into somewhere in your day-to-day, right? Let's say you're overtrained, you're feeling burned out. What I would recommend you doing is not completely just erasing that. You, You need time off. Yeah, your body needs time to recover. Instead of completely erasing that block that you might spend in the gym, that you might spend running, whatever it is, let's say it's a one-hour window out of your day that you've dedicated to um, improving your your physical body, instead of just erasing that and filling it with something else, filling it with work, filling it with some other thing, right? I think it's smart to leave that window open and use that to actually do things that are going to intentionally help you recover, so like I told Biscuit last night, she said, I, I, I think 
I'm a little overtrained. I need some time off. I said, well, you're used to going to the gym every morning at this time. I said, you should still keep that window open and you should, she actually ended up going hiking, which is a great thing to fill that window with. And I said, well, if you're not going hiking, you should still go to the gym because that's part of your daily routine. But while you're in there, you should do some things that are going to not stress your body, but are going to actually help your body recover. All right. So don't just wipe that out and don't get out of the habit of blocking that time out of your day to do something to improve your physical health. Leave that space. One thing we should have done at the onset of this conversation is define what burnout means, or at least the definition you're working off of, because I don't even know what that, I mean, what does that really mean? Well, you've never been burned out, so you, you Well, can't. no, no, no. I mean, aside from all that, what does, what does that mean? We've talked about it a lot, but haven't defined, I mean, I, I would say without defining it, many people are listening to this and they think of something in their head. It means it, you lack desire. Okay. To, it means you lack desire to do what it is you know you should do or you have to do. Okay. <laughs> right? that's, that's burnout. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm yeah. Googling it too. As soon as I put in definition in Google, it said, of gird your loins. Huh. And, um, oh, here, you want me to read it to you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as a result from chronic stress that has not been successfully managed. Okay. That's pretty. Chad probably don't like that one, but. Why? The last, the last tip I'm going to give you guys, and then I won't hit any questions that you guys have from, uh, from the YouTube audience or comments. The last thing I'm going to give you is from my, my angle on, this, on spiritual, because here's the thing. You'd be lying. At least I would be lying if I sat here and said that there was never a period of time where I didn't lack desire to read Scripture, where I didn't lack desire to pray, where I didn't lack desire to be like Christ, right? So one of the best, uh, not one of the best, but one thing that you can do let's say specifically in reading scripture, because I think that's one thing that many of us get to a point where, where we, we get burned out on blocking out time to read scripture during the day. One great thing that you can do is you can switch things up a little bit. All right. There's an awesome thing out there. I just bought one for Brooke the other day. I bought one for my buddy Jonah the other day. There's this, there's this, I don't even know. Well, we'll I'll show it to you guys later, but there's this company that makes Bibles, but each book of the Bible is its own single book. All right. And I really like that because it goes right along with one of the main things that we teach you guys on 307 Project. And everything that we do is breaking things down into small digestible segments. So if you're sick of reading scripture, I will suggest you finding something different, like that thing where you've got just a little book of the Bible and you're reading that individually and maybe you're taking notes on it, right? Or maybe trying to pick up and read a different uh, translation of scripture, right? Just change something about the way you are studying scripture, and that will freshen it up for you. That will hopefully help you with your desire 
to dig back into Scripture, right? So I think that's a good tip for you guys on that specific aspect right there. Uh, one thing I'm challenging myself with right now spiritually is praying more, all right? That's really, it's much easier for me. I have more desire to set aside time and read Scripture than I do to pray. I don't know why. I don't know why that is, all right? So what am I doing to combat that or to, to change that is I'm just, I'm literally forcing myself to pray now multiple times a day. I'm forcing myself to do it. And um, it's becoming more and more a part of my day. And even though many times when I force myself to set aside time to pray, I may not enjoy it. What I'm finding is the more I do it, the more enjoyment I start to find in it. That's, that's just what's happening. So sometimes you might just have to force yourself to set aside the time and to actually do it. All right? So, we got any comments, Blake, or questions? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I, I wrote down a couple. Well, you guys are boring as crap on YouTube well, today. <laughs> there was some troll that got on here and said that um, when y'all were talking about the new rules and laws, and he said, why aren't y'all doing anything? You can be a strong country like Ukraine. And so it set everybody off, and they all had this long <laughs> comment about Ukraine. They took the bait. Ukraine versus America. And so Good that, job, troll. <laughs> that's where everything went. But um, one guy, well, Jay, from the beginning, uh, he just he asked – what percent did you get from sales on hoist? And I thought, well, a lot of new people that don't know 307 might see this. And so do you want to talk to the point of why we partner with certain companies and that we're not doing this for necessarily a financial benefit, uh, a percentage of sales or um, what are those things, affiliate links and mm. things like that? Yeah, we don't we do not do any of that. Um, so the the reason we have, we have companies – reach out to us probably on a weekly basis, uh, weekly, maybe bi-weekly, that want to do some sort of sponsorship or something like that. So we don't, we only have one partner right now. It's Hoist. So obviously we turn a lot of opportunities down. The reason that we partner with certain companies is they, we actually use their products, right? So they, they, Hoist has filled a need that we needed by creating this product, a hydration product. So the, the product has to fill a need that we currently have. Um, and then also, we look at the, the morals, values, principles uh, behind the brand. Ha we have conversations with the people that actually represent the company. And we get a feel for the type of people that they are. And if they are if they are aligned with us, then and they feel the need that we have here, then we discuss partnering. All right. But we don't partner based we don't get percentage of sales or anything. That's not that's not how that's not how it works, right? Yeah. So we we literally integrate into all aspects of everything that we do. The other day we had we hosted an ultra marathon out here. Hoist showed up. They brought a lot of product out for the runners. Participated. They participated in the race. 
So they it was beneficial for them, and it was beneficial for us by having them there and serving the runners. And we're we're partners. We're we're friends. Like we want to see them win. They want to see us win, and they want to fill the need that we have, and we want to fill the need that they have. And that's how we work together. So, yeah, that's how that works. And by the way, guys, on these trolls, you want to know the best way to aggravate the ever-living crap out of a troll on the internet? Give them the Lick Your Butthole Award? No, don't even do that, because that satisfies them. It's to completely ignore them. All right. There were a couple of people I, I had the chat pulled up that were saying like we're telling other people like just don't ignore that guy. Yeah, it's the best way to get them. All right, because that's all they want is attention. So, just a little tip for life. Chili, there were a couple questions for you. Um, one, they wanted to know what's your average pace per mile when you run. <laughs> well. I'm not a very I'm Chad won't like this answer because I I don't just go uh six miles an hour because that's how Chad wants you to answer it. But it varies because I train depends on what I'm training for, what I'm doing, where I'm at in the training cycle. Um, totally changes. I will say that I mean, it's so hard to answer that because it just totally depends. I run a lot on the road when I'm on the road and my easy pace whenever I'm fit is generally anywhere from 6.30 pace to 7.30 pace. Um, on the trails, it gets slower. Uh, if I'm not fit, it's obviously not that fast. I do t- Dang, Chad, turn that off. <laughs> hey, that ain't going to cut it, man. Why are I, you doing that? Um, obviously, you, that's just, you know, base mileage. Then you've got long runs where you throw in intervals, lactate threshold runs, track workouts. The pace varies a lot. How about this? If you're trying to train for something, don't run the same pace hardly at all. Constantly vary your pace. It'll change your life. Make you a lot fitter, a lot faster. Very varied pace. Somebody asked, are strides a workout? They're not a workout. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They didn't <laughs> oh, ask oh. that. <laughs> I got one more for you. Bunches Diesel Performance wants to know, do you have any cigar recommendations? Yes. Um, the uh, It's in Salt Lake City. It was called the uh, Honey Bee Cigar Shop. Check that out. And then St. Louis, you're going to have to help me out, Joan. I forget what that one was called, but uh, give that boy a shout-out, too. I got, I, got a, I got a good one from that shop. All right, that's all from me from the, Sounds from the comments good. here. That was a good conversation, boy. We were all over the place. Um, I hope y'all got something out of it. We appreciate you tuning in. Enough said. Sign it out, man. Enough said. <laughs> Long pause there. <laughs>